All right, we're going to jump in. And the, the, the topic for today is this concept of trust list. And then that's going to grow throughout the rest of the class period. For me, this is where I'm hoping that this class will really get some traction for some of you. Uh, you had an assignment to consider what you trust. What's on your trust? I trust, I trust, I trust, I trust, I trust. I think it's really interesting. If you wrote that out, great. If you didn't write it out, I wonder even just a very basic concept of like your devotions. If you do your devotions, did you pick up the Quran? If so, it's because you trust it. If you don't pick up the Quran, probably because you don't trust it or other people that you do trust don't trust it and told you not to read it. If you picked up the Bible and you did your devotions, it's probably because you what? Trust it or someone else who you trust is telling you to do it, right? Here's the interesting thing. I told all, all the parents who came last night, I'm not going to tell any of your kids to work harder at doing devotions or read harder or spend more time. I think you already talked about that. Why? Hey, it doesn't work. What will I encourage you to do? Trust the Bible. The more you trust the Bible, the more you what? The more you use it. Yeah. You don't trust it. You force yourself to do it. Good luck. But I know that people who are committed to scripture are so because they know it's valuable and they trust it and they use it. Got it, our dragon? Right? So for your trust list, you have one. My goal was to help you start making that more conscious. conscious right? And then in the process realize that some stuff shouldn't be on there. Some stuff maybe shouldn't. Maybe you should find some things to put on it. That's your own individual journey and your own individual trust list. Let's uh, look at the bottom part of that page. We've got four months to figure out which worldview we're going to go with. I'm at least going to introduce you to that concept. In this class, we're going to use some things that we're just generally going to agree to trust and to use. Now, now you may not, but I'm just going to let you know, like as a class, we are going to go this direction. Because for some of you, maybe you'll realize that they are trustworthy, even though you didn't think they were. But what are some things that we can, maybe even should use as a class on our class trust list? You should have a writing utensil. You should be writing in your guidebook right now. Okay, so I rarely like make you do that, but this is one of those like, yeah, take notes right now. Group trust list, ready to go. Bible. Yeah, you can throw a Bible on there. Does everybody trust it? No. Do we at Lean Academy? Yeah. We're going to call it a biblical worldview. So, Bible's on there. What else? Yeah, some of you are going to put parents, right? Our grandparents. Um, this is where I have to do a timeout. I did talk to the parents last night about this. It was awkward, but it's just true. Interestingly, some of you have already taken your parents off your trust list. And actually, for some of you, nice job. That's really hard to do, because your parents might not be trustworthy. Or maybe they believe things that are not accurate. And so this is the age where this starts happening. It, someone's just got to say it like it is. Some of your parents aren't trustworthy when it comes to worldview. Got it? I think you have to really consider the truth of that. I grew up and I trusted my parents and it was great benefit to that. But there were a couple things like, 
I have to be good enough to make God happy and then he'll bless me. I trusted that. It was wrong. I had to stop trusting it. Sorry, Dad. Right? Like, you have to consider at some point, am I going to keep trusting what my parents are trusting? Or is this the time where I actually stop trusting what they trust and I'm going to pick what I trust? And that's hard. It, I'm not telling you not to love them or not to respect them. You should be honoring them. That doesn't mean you have to use their trust list. Got it? Yes or no? Yeah, something to really chew on. What else? Like ourselves? Yeah, I, it's so funny. Last class didn't even mention that, but if you're not trusting yourself, what's going on? Like, right, so you should, should you only trust yourself? Well, no, but you have experience in life. It is your experience, right? It's worth trusting that. What else? Teachers. Yeah, teachers. Do you trust all of them? No. Are there some that are trustworthy? Yeah, think back in your 12 years of teaching, or sorry, education. Some of those teachers were great. Some honestly weren't in college. Are they going to all be trustworthy? No. no. Right? Something to really consider. What else? <coughs> we're we're going to use more than this, you guys. <laughs> yeah, I would say church, pastors. Are all the pastors trustworthy? No. No, are all the churches trustworthy? No. you got to figure out which ones are and which ones aren't and maybe change if you need to. Yeah. Coaches? Yeah, coaches and mentors. And actually, some of you don't have coaches and mentors, and guess what you should probably get? Coaches and mentors. You need other voices besides me and your parents and your pastors. You want? It's actually, if you trust the Bible, that is the model. The model is that you have mentors who guide you, and then you become one, and you guide them, and that's how it's set up. What do you got? Administrators. Yeah, I mean, you can go with those leaders types, like administrators and leaders. Um, how about creation? Nice, whoever said that. That was great. Creation, because does creation pour forth speech every day? Can we trust nature? Can we trust gravity? Is there a lot going on there that can help us guide us in our worldview? Oh, yeah. Imagination, excellent. We should use our imagination, right? Can you trust your imagination? Oh, yeah, totally, right? It's fantastic, but not completely, because if you only use your imagination, could it be wrong? Yes. Yeah, but, and I asked this, I've had one or two students bold enough to raise their hand. Has anybody actually seen an angel? Anyone? No takers? Okay. You don't have to raise your hand, but who believes angels exist? So how do you access that information through your what? Imagination. <laughs> You're using your imagination to understand what an angel is, even though you've never seen one. And that if angels are real, then you're using imagination to access what? Reality. Does that make sense? Yes or no? Yeah? OK. Imagination is a powerful tool. We're going to use it in this class. How about authors of books like Chesterton and Lewis and Tolkien? You notice you have to write down what I say, not what I write, because I'm just like squiggling on the board. So, Chesterton, Lewis, Tolkien, these are authors who are trustworthy. They've been tested and tried and true. Chesterton read 10,000 books. Like, that's a big deal. I have them on my trust list, right? 
friends, last name. Okay, great. I was going to say friends. Teammates. Teammates. And here's what's really interesting. Many of you, the research is showing, you guys know it intuitively, that often your friends and teammates have a more powerful voice in your life than parents and pastors and teachers. Okay, that's why Proverbs says, be careful who you hang out with. <laughs> right? Like You really have to choose wisely. Some of you have friends that really aren't trustworthy. Some of you have friends who are sliding into the vortex of the suicide of thought. Right? You can love them through that, but they may not have the best perception of reality. Right? Right? <laughs> so something to consider as you walk with your friends, who's trustworthy, who's not, how do I love them even if they're not trustworthy, how can I find a difference between that? And have you noticed like with this list, what do we have to do with almost all these things? Find out whether or not they're what? Trustworthy. Media can be great, it can be awful. Movies can be fantastic or very misleading, right? Okay, all this, uh, we didn't say anything up here yet about the Holy Spirit or God or Father or Jesus, but are we going to use them at this school? Yeah, at this school we do, all right? Oh yeah, we got a decent list going there, they're pretty good. Good list, good class list. Okay, before we leave this list, I'm going to circle Bible and the Trinity, okay? I'm going to circle those. I believe that the Bible and that God are 100% trustworthy, absolutely trustworthy. Yes? I don't think really much anything else on here is, except for God speaking through creation, and then yes, but that's God, right? What's the problem with this whole trustless concept? If I'm like, well, I've got this and this, so I'm, since they're the only things that are really trustworthy, I don't need anything else. My access to God is through what? Myself. And am I perfectly trustworthy? No. So we shouldn't go it alone. And that's why we want to make a nice, big, healthy list of lots of different things on our truck. Go team. Any questions? Okay. Your trust list defines who you are. It shapes who you are. You're allowed to change it. That's easy or hard. Okay. Some things that you trust right now aren't. Some things that you don't trust are. That's the journey that we're going on. Um, turn the page and we'll go to page 36. All right. You can see the little dog on the page. Everybody see the little doggy? That's our yellow lab. Her name is Pup. All right. And uh, she died. <laughs> it's a sad, sad thing. Um, she's going to come into this. But what we're going to do is I'm going to talk about the four worldviews. Idealism, which is only spiritual. Materialism is only material. Monism, which is both all as one, and theism, which is they're separate but connected, right? Those are our four options. Everybody on the planet is trying to answer questions every day. Little kids are always asking questions. In this class, we're going to use James Sire's Big Seven from his book, The Universe Next Door. I tweaked them. They're not really his. We all just ask these questions, but he made them famous. What's really real, matter or spirit or both? 
who or what is God? Atheists still have to deal with that. What am I? Like, what does it mean to be a person? How do I decide right or wrong? Anytime anybody says that's not fair, based off of what? Should I steal or not? <clears throat> Should I lie or not? What happens when I die? Everybody has to deal with death. What is the meaning of history? Do we have memory of the past? Yes or no? Generally speaking, yes. We have memory and record of the past. Why? What does it mean? What do I do with that? And do we have a sense of the future? So we have this question of purpose. Like, is it a story? Is it not? Is it meaningful? Is it not? Why am I here? Those are the big seven that I use in this class. I could pick 20. We could have only done three. Whatever. <laughs> it's just this is the concept that we will use our worldview and use what we trust to do what? Answer these questions. So this weekend, if you want, I will not do this for homework points for sure. This is one of those where if you want to take some ownership for this class and for your life and your belief system, carve out some time. And before I go through all the big four worldviews and how they answer the questions, why don't you just spend a little time with yourself? What are your answers? Where are you? And if you go, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Well, that's why you're in the class. Like, at some point, you got to pick. Does that make sense? Like, you've got to decide. Um, truth is, you've already decided. You just haven't been put in a situation where you really have to use it for these, some of these questions. Most of us have already figured out the morality one. Maybe we just don't know what we're basing it off of. We can help you with all of that, okay? Uh, page 37 and 38 are fun. I, every student who has done that has always loved that assignment. I don't like making it for points, though. Because then you're like, oh, I have to go do this for school versus I want to go interview my neighbor. I want to go to the Buddhist temple and interview them. I want to go to the Hindu temple, that really amazing one on Route 59 with a buddy, <laughs> and ask them these questions and see what they say and realize it's not just me. It's not just Mr. D writing this stuff out. Like, these people say this. They answer very differently than you might. So I strongly recommend go have some fun and go interview some people. Go walk downtown Wheaton or West Chicago and just be like, hey, I'm you know, in this one class. Can I ask you a few questions? Right? Or not. Whatever. You don't have to. But I just know that this is an ownership moment where you can start digging into these things and get to know people. Ask your parents. Grandma, grandpa, uncle, whatever this weekend. You know, like, see what they say. Okay? If you have a relative that you're hanging out this weekend who is not a Christian... Come on, like have a ball. This is so fun. Or maybe you're not a Christian and you have a relative who is. Ask them and see what they would say after you filled it out. Whatever, right? Lots of options. But here is something that happened that really shaped this whole thing for me. My little daughter, Anna, uh, who loves pups. You see her in that picture right in the middle? That's waiting for me to come home from work. The dog is at the door. And she's just the right size. You just put her arm right over the neck of the dog. So I love that picture. I know, it's so good. So she grows up a little bit, and I come down the stairs knowing that this had already happened. But I didn't know that this was set up this way. She had tucked herself underneath the dog's head after the dog had died and was petting her little ear and realizing something's really different. So she, I think she's five or six. So I think kindergarten. 
And she looks up at me and says, Papa, where, where did Pup go? Like, because is the dog there? I mean, the body is, but it's not what? It's gone. So she's like, where did Pup go? Ready? Why'd she ask me? I'm on her what? I'm on her trust list. Most parents are on children's trust list. What I say is going to shape her in that moment. She's asking about death. Like, what happens when dogs die? And actually, either consciously or subconsciously, what's she asking? What happens when I die? What happens when Grandpa dies? What's going to happen when you die, Dad? She's asking about what? Death, right? Now, I've got some options. I'm the philosophy teacher, right? I could have done the idealism thing. Well, Anna, in our home, we believe in the reality of the spiritual realm, and only the good, the beautiful, and the true survives. So the good stuff of Pup goes back to where it came from in the spiritual realm, and the rest is just going to be gone. It's all shadow and gone. And so, Anna, if you want to exist forever, before you die, you need to make yourself what? Perfect. If not, you'll cease to exist like the rest of Pup. Yeah? Could I have done that? Yeah. yeah. Buddhists do that all over the planet every day with their children. Got it? <laughs> like that's Buddhism in a nutshell, right? I could have done the atheist answer. I could have said, see the toy over there, Anna? It doesn't work anymore because the batteries are dead. Yeah, that's what happened to Pup. No more electricity. Just done. And someday that'll happen to you, Anna. So make the most of your life while you're aware of it. That's what we do in our house. And if you think that's harsh, am I bashing atheism? No, the atheist, the global renowned atheist who was at our school, his wife was pregnant at the time, he told the school, like, that's what he's going to tell his child. <laughs> when you die, you're done. Like a toy, make the most of it. Let's go. Right? Did I do that? No. <laughs> I could have been like, we could have played the circle of life and I could have talked like monism how everything is what? One big recycling machine and pup is now going to go in the ground and she's going to become part of the tree and she'll become a leaf and a caterpillar will eat the leaf and a bird will eat the caterpillar and pups turn to turn into a bird eventually, right? Like, and that'll happen with you, Anna. We're all part of this one big system called God and we're just all changing and moving. Did I do that though? No, but actually at the Theosophical Society in downtown Wheaton, right across from Jewel, that is what they do. They tell the kids that. Like I just did. I got that from the lady who runs the place. That's what they tell the kids. They don't use the Lion King, though. I was like, you should. She's like, well, maybe we could. You know, like, okay. All right, so, right? I didn't do those three, but could I have done those? And are there people on the planet who do that with their children? Yeah, because those are other worldviews. Are they all the same? Uh, no, <laughs> not the same, right? I chose the Christian theistic route, and I talked about a creator God who made animals, who made Anna, who loves his creation, who has navigated handling death for us, right? And I encouraged Anna about death and how God is bigger than death and has conquered death, and we had a great conversation, as hard as it was with a dead dog in the room, right? Questions? Do we see that? That's a little taste of kind of where we're going. We're going to answer each of these questions from each worldview's perspective, and you'll see the differences. You'll be able to do a compare and contrast, 
and then you can make your choices. But you'll also now, here's the key, you'll know the consequences of trusting certain things like materialism, right? If there's no spirituality, are there direct consequences when you erase God? Yeah, like that changes things, okay? It also changes things when you add a God in when there wasn't one before. That's, that's the stuff of these pages. Got about 20 minutes left. Should we watch Inception? I think so. Let's do it. Here's what I want to do. You can leave it open. You can leave it open and take some notes or not, but you might want to consider taking some notes. All right. This is about a five minute clip. This is the part where they're training Helen Page's character, Ellen, no, not Helen, Ellen. Ellen Page's character to be the dream architect. So they're gonna be shared dreaming and he's teaching her how to build the dream so they can go inside this dude's head and steal the info, right? This, this movie got really funky here because they're using modern dream theory, modern psychology, modern brain understandings to build the storyline. That's <laughs> like, what's real and what's not? Of our true That's and true. That's we're awake, we're asleep, our mind can go almost anything, such as, well, imagine you're designing a building, right? You consciously create each aspect, but sometimes it feels like it's almost creating itself, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah like I'm discovering it. Genuine inspiration, right? Now in a dream, our mind continuously does this. We create and perceive our world simultaneously. And our mind does this so well that we don't even know what's happening. That allows us to get right in the middle of that process. How? By taking over the creating part. Now this is where I need you. You create the world of the dream. We bring the subject into that dream and they fill it with their subconscious. Yeah, that's so cool. Never acquire enough detail to make them think that it's reality. Well, dreams, they feel real while we're in them, right? It's only when we wake up that we realize something is actually strange. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. You never really remember the beginning of a dream, do you? You always wind up right in the middle of what's going on. I guess, yeah. So how did we end up here? I love that. Like, I mean, you could do that right now. Could we be dreaming right now? I mean, and as crazy as it sounds, we actually could. That's why this movie is just so funky, right? All right. The, uh, we just came from the uh, the uh, wait, what the ah? Here. Where are you right now? <laughs> in your bed, sleeping. It's Richard, two in the morning. You're actually in the middle of the workshop right now, sleeping. This is your first lesson in shared dreaming. I love how he's like, stay calm. Yeah, right. <laughs> no way. Now this is the first movie that did the slow-mo thingy and then they use it in the commercials and like Shark Week and everything now, so that's cool. Back then it was really impressive. Let's make sure you're not on your phone getting distracted from class right now.
Hurts like hell. Hurts like what? Feels real. That's why the military yeah. is <laughs> a training program. Makes you wonder. Shoot and stab and strangle each other and wake up. How did architects make that? That sounds like virtual reality, doesn't it? Kind of funky. Why don't you give us another five minutes? Five minutes? <laughs> what? We were talking for like at least an hour. In a dream, your mind functions more quickly, therefore. Time seems to feel more slow. <laughs> Five minutes in the real world seems to feel dream. more slow. <laughs> Wait, why don't you see what you can get up to in five minutes? I love how they're now they're messing with time, which is super cool. Okay. Pretend you're in the movie theater or my classroom. Pretend you're in my classroom. Try to track with them. Remember, you are the dreamer. You build this world. I am the subject. My mind populates it. You can literally talk to my subconscious. That's one of the ways we extract information. From nah. How else do you do it? By creating something secure like a, like a bank vault or a jail, the mind automatically fills it with information it's trying to protect. Understand? Then you break in and steal it. <laughs> He's like, well, yeah. I guess yeah, I thought that steal. <laughs> space would be all about the visual, but it's more about the feel of it. Huh. My question is, what happens when you start messing with the physics of it? What happens when you start messing with the physics? Yeah, what happens? What does she do in the little dream? She's like bending the city in half. So you're sitting in the theater. You're in even my room right now. Are they in a dream? Yes or no? What are you using to trust that? takes a city and bends it in half like an M.C. Escher painting, right? Like in math class. And like, oh, yeah, that must be a what? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a dream, right? Now, I want to, this is where I really want to lean in on you guys here at Wheaton Academy on this Friday with 15 minutes left in class. Try to, try to catch the wave here. <laughs> what was it like for the disciples when they see a dude standing on a lake? That must just be a what? Yeah, he's like, he got one Gino's East pizza and he feeds 5,000 pe people with it. That must be a what? Or there's a hurricane coming over the lake and he's like, shut up, quiet down. And the, the winds are like, oh, okay, sorry, 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 dude. And the whole lake just goes calm. That must be a what? I know you're kind of laughing it off a little bit right now, you guys have to imagine, like, you're in the boat, and there's a dude on the lake. <laughs> That's what? Really crazy stuff. And so we're going, oh, that's the dream, duh. But, like, let's walk around an ancient city with walls that are 20 feet thick and 30 feet high, and we'll, like, blow a trumpet, and they'll all crumble to the ground. <laughs> what? <coughs> See, and we read about this. We study it for 15 years. We say we believe it. And you know what? You probably do. But like, what kind of worldview is that? <laughs> What's possible in the biblical worldview? Is God allowed to mess with the physics? Yeah. Apparently so. <laughs> right? 
Hey, can you imagine being in Egypt during the 10 plague thing? Holy cow. <laughs> or Elijah's like, bring it. <clears throat> Fire from heaven. Okay. Dead people coming back to life more than once. And after Jesus left, Paul brings a guy back to life. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> it was the last time it happened at the funeral you were at where someone sits up in the coffin. That actually happens in the Bible. They're carrying the coffin and the dude sits up. Like, what? <laughs> now, I am going to challenge you towards having a Christ-centered, <coughs> biblical worldview. If you're going to have a biblical worldview, are you prepared for this stuff? <laughs> Have you invited that in, potentially? Are you, do you allow that? And in no way am I trying to bring any shame or guilt or fear on you. I'm just saying this is a worldview class, right? If you're going to have a biblical worldview, ready? What's possible? Pretty much anything. Like, God's allowed to mess with the physics. Next Thursday, can we have one pizza show up at Wheat Academy and we feed the whole school? Could we? Yes. Technically, yes. And if you're like, yeah, but Dominguez, I've seen food multiply. I've seen someone arm straighten out and we canceled surgery. My five-year-old prayed for my peanut allergy and it's gone. Like, can this stuff still happen? Yes or no? Well, again, you don't have to believe me, right? Oh, Dominguez, he's crazy. He's lying and that wasn't real. Whatever, you can write it off. <laughs> I lived it. <laughs> Right? And I'm just saying, like, what kind of worldview do you have? Will it allow for that stuff? Yeah. So you had a peanut allergy and your five-year-old prayed it. Yeah. EpiPen in hand. I had all the symptoms and everything. I had the blood test. We could go to the doctor, blood test. I have a peanut allergy. She prays for me. I eat peanuts all the time. Pretty cool. Yeah. Jesus says, let the children what? Let the children come, right? Do they have little junior Holy Spirits? No. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. I've seen eggs, pancakes, and coffee all multiply. Like, boom. It's so fun. I'll get to those stories later. Right now, it's just like, where's your worldview, and is it possible? Does that make sense? Here's what I want you to keep in mind is this is the slide, you guys. Hey. I just want, I got a few minutes. I'm going to use them all. Some of you remember, this is the slide from the chapel that I did two years ago when my daughter was on stage dressed up as Wonder Woman holding Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. Anybody remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember, I distinctly remember calling out to the audience saying, we're going to go home and take the costumes off and then we're going to practice being like who? Jesus! <laughs> like, <laughs> he's more powerful than Luke. You ready? For real. <laughs> I know, like, that's crazy stuff. And so if you're in my discipleship class, which maybe you're going to drop, I don't know, or maybe you're going to jump in. This is the opening slide of discipleship class. This is the ending of this class. See, this class is trying to get your worldview to a place where discipleship is actually sustainable. Because without a worldview <laughs> where all the crazy can happen, how long are you going to last as a disciple? Not very long. And so I, 
I mean, it was super fun for me from the stage to watch 650 students, right? I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. Anyone in the original means what? Anyone. <laughs> Not just 12 dudes who followed him around, right? That's all, look at this. We declared it as a school. I trust that the Bible is truth. And everybody's like, yeah. I believe in Jesus. A lot of people, yeah. Well, if you believe in Jesus, you can do what? <laughs> Make the list of what Jesus did, and that's your starting point. Right? And I just loved watching the faces. As It was really cool. The school is like, and we can do greater things. I'm like, yes, we can. <laughs> right? Yes. There we go. All right. And then, by the way, do you have to? No. And is your salvation hinged upon any of that? No, you believe in Jesus, you're saved, right? That's done. This is all how you're going to live the rest of your day. What do you want to do with your life? If you're like thinking that Christianity is boring, then dump it in the trash can on the way out the door and actually read the Bible and realize that the disciples were not bored. <laughs> Praying for resurrection is not boring. Multiplying food is not boring. Healing people with broken legs with a word is not boring. Does that make sense? Like, what Jesus did was not boring. Being a Christian through college can be the most exciting, best way to do college, right? I got one yes. <laughs> okay, whatever, then don't. Like, does that make sense? Like, if you've got a better way to do college, go for it. I'm just trying, like, Jesus' way is the best way to live, and it's exciting. And here come the drummers. That drum line is amazing. I love that drum line. So, I want to challenge you guys with this. I kind of want to offer this up for you at the end of this week. Where are you with your worldview? Where are you with your Christ-centered biblical worldview? Again, I'm not here to make you believe this stuff. It's just this class is going to land there. Okay? And I found that if you want to say that thing and try to believe that sentence, then you need a certain type of worldview to make that sustainable. That's where we're going. Fair enough? Okay. Now, there's a couple more minutes in class. I just want to do one more video clip to kind of wrap up the day. Okay? Um, it, it's this one, which I find intriguing. It's only a minute long, so we have just enough time. But they come out of that dream, and she's talking about they meet Stabby Wife. I chop out the Stabby Wife part, right? Totem, it's a small person. That's some subconscious you've got on your car. She's a real charmer. Oh, I see you met Mrs. Cobb. She's his wife? <laughs> so, a totem. You need a small object, potentially heavy, something you can have on you all the time that no one else like knows. Like a coin? No. There it is. There's the drums. We're going to go with them, but actually, here's what I want you to leave with this thought. What do you have that you is rock-solid confident that you're trusting in right now? If you don't have something, you might want to consider that. See you guys. Have a great weekend. Go drumline. I love the drumline. It's awesome. Let's go. So cool. <laughs>
Well, we got cut off a little bit by the awesome drum line, but the goal there was to end with the totem and to encourage them to find things that they have that really help ground them in reality, especially when things are confusing or rough. And then to talk about the forger at the end, who is lying to us, who's deceiving us with things that aren't true. And uh, we had to learn how to differentiate between what is true and what is not, and what is trustworthy and what is not, and to find some things that we really can stand on and be confident in. It was a great class and a great day, and uh, it's fun to be part of this journey.